I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday. So make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Someone should just make a company that only sells pants with big pockets. Right, and they yeah. could just call it Big Pockets. Yeah. Just get straight to the For point. For women or men or whoever. For and people they, who just have shit to carry around. They, exactly. That's what the slogan is. I'm diking out, you're diking out. Let's dike out together. See what it's all Hi, and welcome to Diking Out, a podcast that set a world record for the most time two lesbians have spent together without co-signing a lease. I'm Carolyn Bergier. And I'm Sarah York. And today we are Diking Out with comedian Irene Tu about androgyny. Irene has appeared on the show Take My Wife and also Viceland, and you can catch her performing on some of the best comedy shows and festivals around the country. Uh, She's based out of LA. Irene, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Uh, Irene also did our Stonewall show last night, which was so much fun and glad that it worked out with the timing of your trip here. A couple quick announcements. Our next Stonewall show is November 25th. And also on November 21st, I have a show where I'm doing a half hour of stand-up at uh, the People's Improv Theater at 7 p.m. It's called I Wrote This Yesterday, (laughs) and I'm writing all my material the day before. So come and see how that goes. Also, we have our big holiday spectacular, the Dyke the Halls holiday show. Uh, It's kind of a big deal. It's going to be at Joe's Pub, which is um, an amazing, beautiful, cool venue if you've never been there in New York. So December 16th, you can uh, find, we'll be linking to tickets and everything. You can also go to the Joe's Pub website and 
look us up December 16th. We just had a very cute photo shoot for it last night. Yeah. And yeah, we can't wait to bring it all together. Uh, and we'll be announcing a couple of the performers, but I think we want to keep most of it a surprise. Yeah. But it'll be a mix of past guests and future guests, and it's going to be so much fun. I'm looking forward to it. Last announcement is that uh, a lot of you have asked us, what's the best way to listen to Diking Out? And, uh, you know, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts or any podcast app you have, uh, Spotify, but... Uh, One new thing that we're trying out is we are on a free app called Himalaya. That's H-I-M-A-L-A-Y-A. Yeah. Okay. I was in the spelling bee once. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah, find us on Himalaya. You can listen to all the podcasts you listen to through Himalaya, but... Uh, you can get extra content from us so you can get our Diking Off Topic episodes and some other really fun like interactive features by becoming a member slash subscriber. I think they call it being a member of the podcast mm-hmm. um, of Diking Out. So if you're not doing Patreon, which we're still doing, you can still become a patron on Patreon and support us that way and get extra content and swag that way. Or if you'd rather have your whole podcasting experience in one place. We're trying this out with Himalaya uh, and you can check that out. It's four ninety nine a month for these perks and we're going to be kind of um, adding things and trying to see what way we can make it more uh, worth your while to do that. So yeah, check us out there. And what else? Our Stonewall show was last night. Yeah, That's it was, it was really fun. On. It was awesome. It was so much fun. Um, do you want to tell everybody about the costume that won? Oh, <laughs> yes. We had a very democratic process for um, our costume contest mm-hmm. in that somebody dressed as me and they automatically won. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even waste time with having an audience right. vote on that because obviously that was going to be the clear winner. Yeah. That was my favorite thing. That was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Great costume. Great. Yeah, they had a leather vest on, which I wear to every Stonewall show, and got a pink wig, and uh, it was adorable. It was so Mm -hmm. cute. We got our picture taken together, and my friend reminded me afterwards that I had been saying that I was going to wear, finally, a different vest at this show, because I had a special Halloween vest. I didn't even know you had a special Halloween vest. I forgot to wear it. Well, maybe next year. (laughs) <laughs> well, then I wouldn't have matched the person who dressed like me. So I guess it was like a good thing that I forgot it to wear out. it. Yeah. But I don't know when else. Like, I have this. It's actually Cecilia's. It's mm. a um, black denim vest covered in skulls. Perfect. But when else can I wear? I mean, that? if you're. Irene's like every day. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I was going to say never. Never. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> that look could have gone either way. It could yeah. have been like, uh, like I wear oh, that every night. No. I mean, no. if you live in, like, Bushwick, you can pull it off every day. Yeah. But I don't know. It's Halloween there every day. It's one of those things that, like, when you're looking to um, do the whole, like, parting with your clothing and saying thank you for your service. Uh, mm-hmm. What is it? The Mary Kondo thing. Uh, and every time I'm like, I I have never worn this, but I feel like we need to hang on to it. Right, because right. one day there'll be a situation where I need a skull-covered vest. I don't know. Like, I guess it. hold on to it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, what what else was fun from the show? We we had some other costumes. Someone dressed up as Rue from Euphoria, uh, Rosie the Riveter, and then I really liked the um, the two astronauts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
with the, you know, recent first two women doing the right. spacewalk. Yeah, that was cute. I liked it. Yeah. Thanks to everyone who participated in that. Yeah. Uh, and then inter- intern Karina was there as Britney Spears. Oh, my Spears. God. Yeah, that was also, that was probably the best, best costume was yeah. Karina dressed up as Britney Spears from the Oops, I Did It Again video. When she said she was dressing as Britney Spears, I was thinking... Hit me baby one more time yeah, or yeah. something like that. And then she shows up in this like red shiny bodysuit with a headset. And she was devoted to it. That was great. It was amazing. Karina really shining through as our favorite intern. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and not just because she's our only one. Oh, another funny thing. So I got home last night and I'm looking through all the Instagram stories we're being tagged in. And Irene, you were totally right that during your set, these people were taking a selfie and they were posting a video of them taking a selfie onto Instagram. That was a lot. What? And they were taking the selfie forever. It was like. It was like multiple selfies. Multiple I thought it was selfies. like one and she couldn't get the lighting because, uh-huh. like, you know, the audience, it's not as bright. Yeah. yeah. But she took like 10. Yeah. Yeah. When, when I, I didn't saw even the, notice that. Were well, they have the people towards the front? The people sitting on the stage, on the oh, side of the stage, uh-huh. who just decided could, yeah. to be like. <laughs> This is a time when we have our final act on stage. Right. Uh, can't wait till like it's done it's in very f- strange. five yeah. minutes, and let's take a bunch of selfies. Yikes! <laughs> and then post evidence of our like not great behavior. Yeah, <laughs> on you guys did great. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> a plus uh, comedy show attendance. You know, <laughs> I love our listeners. I love our audience, but. Sometimes you guys don't know how to behave. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't want to have to set ground rules at the top of a show because right. I don't want to insult anybody. <laughs> but it's happened. Yeah. And yeah, but it's happening. Uh, oh, another funny thing last night was uh, Whitney Chanel Clark, who we need to get on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, she, she at one point asked everybody to turn to their neighbor and ask if they eat ass. Mm-hmm. Um, and our Diking Out Grandma was there. Yep. <laughs> with listener Sarah. And uh, I don't know what was said, but it seemed like there was a very uncomfortable moment <laughs> around that area. Uh, I imagine so. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty like people, that was not the reaction I was expecting, but I think a lot of things were, were revealed about yeah, people yeah. and their friends that they didn't know about their. Um, I wonder if the Dykenau grandma knew what eating ass was. Yeah. Maybe somebody had explained. So just, I think that's probably what it was. Someone just how to give her, her a quick, you know. Yeah. Cause her granddaughter had explained ass. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how do you explain that to your grandmother? I don't know. Thankfully, mine are dead, so I won't have to. <laughs> uh, I feel like like my grandma, yeah, both my grandmothers are dead, but my, my one grandmother always uh, seemed to, like, know more than I gave her credit for. Mm-hmm. Like she, she, Mine knew as much as I gave her credit for. Yeah. yeah <laughs> which was not much. <laughs> Irene, does your grandma know about eating ass? Oh no! Okay, yeah. <laughs> it's like that. There's a whole generation of people that are just better off not knowing. Yeah, <laughs> like you don't need this information before your life cycle ends. It's so it's just so it's fine. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. There's man, this one thing I've been talking about a little bit on stage, and uh, <laughs> my sister and stop me if I've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. 
my sister years ago was like sort of living with my grandparents. Like she had a boyfriend that she was mainly living with, but kept her stuff at my grandparents' house. And every once in a while would go through and like help clean out a room because my grandfather was like borderline hoarder. Mm-hmm. And she was cleaning out his office one day and came across an open box of condoms. Okay. Now my grandparents were very old at this point. Yeah. Uh, also like very Catholic, uh, had yeah. many children, you know. So my sister's like, what's this box of condoms doing here? But it's not like they would appear there on accident, like it got mixed in with the mail or anything yeah. like I, I wouldn't want to know the answer no, to, no, to no. why are these condoms in my grandparents' house. So my sister takes the box, goes into the living room, and asks my grandmother, whose condoms are these? And my grandmother just says, not mine, and kind of laughed. Really? And then my sister took the condoms. No, she shouldn't have done that. No, I'm like... That's rude. Yeah, I'm like, that's... Like, obviously, they were grandpa's condoms. Yeah, well... You could... Like, they're not going to admit it to you. Who knows why he... Maybe he was curious, because his whole life, he, like, never used condoms and wanted to know what the deal... Who knows? Yeah. But, like, now, like, his worst nightmare happened. Like, he probably had to work up so much nerve to buy condoms in the, the first place. Right. And then... uh not only do they get discovered by the granddaughter, but then she takes them. Yeah, takes that's them not away. cool. Don't take your grandparents' condoms, guys. Wait, why did she take them? She gave them, she says she gave them to a friend of hers. I don't, I don't believe that. Yeah. That's very strange. I mean, that friend could have used your, condoms. Yeah. But <laughs> good for your grandparents, though, for being, like, sexually active, if that's their thing. I mean, I don't know why they'd use condoms. It's not like there's a reproductive risk at a certain age but well, i know i'm like is it like the lubrication I oh it know. might have been the oh you know what maybe that was it yeah yeah good so. for them yeah <laughs> again not that i know you I'd haven't wanna... told that story before okay so. <laughs> <laughs> um so irene you're on take my wife yes i was how was that experience it was fun. I watched uh, it back recently, and I was like, "Man, I wish I acted better in it." But you know, <laughs> it's like watching your old jokes, and you're like, "Oh, this is painful." Was that one of your first acting gigs? Um, I've you know acted in some other stuff, but that was like one of the first bigger things Big I've ones. done. Yeah. Where can people see take? So if you don't know, take my wife is uh, Cameron Esposito and Rhea Butcher's show that uh, was on CISO and then CISO closed shop. Mm -hmm. And then that left all the content in limbo because CISO still owned it, I believe. So they couldn't get it picked up anywhere else Mm -hmm. because another place would have had to, I think, like buy it out from CISO. And like, I I don't know. I think it it was a whole mess. Is it accessible now? Yeah, I think you can buy it on iTunes and it might be on Stars, like on demand. Okay. Last I heard. Right okay, on. cool. So, yeah, if you want to, which episode, I mean, I guess watch the, the whole series. But. I'm in two of the episodes. I can't remember which ones they are exactly, but you'll have to watch it from the beginning because it's a narrative, anyways. Yeah. Do you play yourself in it? Oh, no, but okay. it's like not that different for me. Okay. Yeah, that's usually when, when comedians are. Casted in shows. Yeah. Just, like, something just be like, yourself. We're just going to name you something very different. Very true to you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what was it that you did with, with Viceland? Oh, um, I have, I had, have, I don't know. I'm not really involved with it as much at all anymore, but um, a queer uh, show in the Bay and they did a 
kind of documentary about like queer comedians. So I'm like in the episode, one of the episodes. Right on. Nice. Um, how how do you like the comedy scene in LA compared to the Bay Area? Um, there are a lot of comedians in LA, a lot of really good comedians, which is cool to do shows with them, but um it can be hard to get on good shows and also yeah. once you get on it, the rotation is so long. So yeah. you get to do it like twice a year, which sucks. Um, and there's a lot of good stage time in the Bay, but like, you know, there's no industry there. Yep. Yeah. I love going out to the Bay area and doing shows in, uh, San Francisco and Oakland. I love, uh, the setup as a room. Yeah. Great show. Yeah. And, uh, LA, I, I've still yet to like get book. Like, you have to book so far in advance and like all my trips are kind of like at the last minute. So I don't know whether to like try to get on hot tub comedy and then like make a trip around that, but it just like doesn't seem worth it. Anytime I do an LA, right. LA show, I'm like, none of these shows have been worth this. Yeah. Yeah. It might be worth it to book and then go, you know, like, yeah, I don't know. What are some of the best ones in LA? Hot tub? Um, hot tub, good heroin, um, faded, um, is Women Crush Wednesday? Oh, a that's a show? great show. Yeah, Women yeah. Crush Wednesdays is a great show. Um, they're like putting me on the spot. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's fine. enough for our LA yeah. listeners if they want to check out some some good LA comedy um, rather than the shows they might have seen me at in LA. <laughs> 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 well, there's there's this one show in in LA uh, that you're not going to name. I mean. It was part it was part of a festival that I did over the summer called like the Riot Girl Laugh Fest, something like that. There mm. were a lot of R extra R's thrown in and it was at the uh the Dow Comedy Studio in Koreatown. And it's a great space, but they they don't get an audience. Yeah. And there were just like way too many comedians on the show. A lot of them if seemed like it was their first time doing comedy. Uh, it was kind of painful to sit through. And then there was a comic who was so offensive and so, and they were queer and mm. they were just sounded so biphobic and so transphobic, even though they were dating a trans person and I guess identified as bisexual. And I think they were trying to be ironic, but it didn't come across that way. It just came across like this person has a lot of issues mm-hmm. and, has a problem with bisexuals and trans people. Right. So much so that I sent them a message afterwards being like, that was, I don't think that came off the way you intended to, mm-hmm. which I never do. I never give people feedback on their thing. But this was like, if you're going to be in the queer community doing this stuff, like the listeners who did show up say said that they almost walked out. I almost walked out and I didn't walk out because I was next on stage. So I'm yeah. like, okay, I might as well suffer through this. But it was Yikes. so bad. Yeah. I was so surprised to see that, but I don't know who this is. So I'm trying to think of who it is. And I was like, I don't think I know this comic. Um, You can tell me later. Yeah. Yeah. But I was just like, wow. Yeah. One thing I want to talk about that's going on in the news is, have you guys been reading about everything with rep Katie Hill? Yeah. Out of California. It's crazy. I only read like a little bit of it because it just broke what like two days ago yeah 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 it's, it's been sort of an ongoing thing um it's but she just the resigned. most unfortunate thing ever like it as far as like her career she basically has this shitty abusive ex-husband who 
or I don't know if they're divorced or they're going through a divorce they're or something. They're going through a divorce. Yeah. yeah, it's her estranged ex-husband and she she's a first-term congresswoman out of uh, Southern California and beat out a Republican so it was part of that mm-hmm. blue wave yeah. um, during the midterms and is openly bisexual yeah. which was really cool and then and then basically her ex-husband like basically used like revenge porn against her. Like yeah. he had nude photos of her that he leaked. And, uh, and then there was some sort of thing where she, I guess had like a consensual relationship with a staffer, which isn't great, but yeah, with, with a but, female campaign staffer. So there were yeah. pictures and they were like in a thruple relationship, I guess for a, a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And there were pictures of, them together. So not only is it like revenge, revenge porn. It's it, there's a lot her, of like, but then um, like now somebody else is involved in their privacy. Just yeah, got yeah, destroyed. But the the accusation though from Congress that they were going to do like an ethics investigation was that um, an accusation that she was also sleeping with a congressional staffer subordinate, and that's not allowed. Mm-hmm. Um, nor should it be. Right. So, and, and she has denied that relationship. She has admitted to the campaign mm-hmm. staffer relationship, but denies the congressional one. Um, but just kind of says she wants this all all to end. Yeah, and well, go she's away. Doing, I mean, which is such a like that tends to happen when Democratic politics politicians get into any sort of situation, even really fucking unfair ones like this one, because. Stepping stepping down is just a way to like basically save everyone time and money and the, you know and the investigation and all that stuff and and then the noise around it. Whereas Republicans notoriously will just weather any sexual assault or sexual misconduct yeah. claims because they all insulate each other and take care of each other. So it's funny how it's being used as like a right wing talking point against her as a Democrat when half of these fucking guys have like accused you know, been accused of assault and things like that. And yeah, at the very so least infidelity worse. and yeah. So it's just, it's a bullshit double standard and it fucking sucks. And I was really upset to see that, that go down. Cause I was excited when she got elected, you know? Yeah. And so. there's also a lot of like, because she's bisexual, like mm-hmm. a lot of the coverage of it, it, it's just like trying to spin. There's like some dog whistle, yeah, uh, yeah. homophobia just, in there, and yeah, biphobia it's and, not cool yeah, at yeah. all. And it's been very unfortunate and upsetting to see that. Yeah. Um. But a positive thing in terms of political news is that Bogota, Colombia, just elected their first woman mayor who is also a lesbian. Yeah, and it's I the saw first that. openly lesbian mayor in a um south american capital city great and that's a pretty big capital city so that's, yeah that's awesome yeah yeah i guess they had like a lot of more progressive mm-hmm. uh wins in the election so that's good to see that some countries are still moving in that direction yeah and that they're i think not we should all... just put lesbians in charge of everything and see what happens give yeah. it like a generation to work itself out yeah i mean that should have been happened years ago yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. We wouldn't have any problems now. No, for sure. Uh, well, we'd have some. Pro- <laughs> we'd have some. Uh, if lesbians are in charge of everything, imagine some of the ex drama that would be happening. We're also not going to count uh, Dick Cheney's lesbian daughter. Yeah, she doesn't get to. No, she's not. She's not invited. She can stay on the compound with her other rich people. Who are you feeling right now in the primaries? Elizabeth Warren. Still, yeah. yeah. I gotta say. 
You're gonna. I know you love Bernie. I I wouldn't say I love Bernie because I I really have been like Elizabeth Warren. But the the last debate I watched, I'm like I'm. Oh, you watch those? Yeah, I do. Oh God, a, a little bit though. The last yeah. one I could barely watch. Uh, I'm so fucking sick of politicians telling these like very specific stories about people that they've met on the trail and they all do it and all yeah, my, they all and do the it. only person not doing that is Bernie who just sticks to the important information yeah and I feel like it's like he he gets it like nobody cares about fucking Mary Sue in right, right. Milwaukee and her kid who has autism yeah. like I, I feel for her but it's also like you don't need that to like drive a, a story. I home. know. I still I just for me it's more just like I'll never forgive him for torpedoing Hillary Clinton's campaign when he did and like kind of splintering off that like third party vote kind of thing, you know? Like a lot of people still voted for him for president, like wrote him in that otherwise probably would have gone for uh, Jill Stein was in that in that category as well. Yeah. Jill Stein um, is a lot worse yeah, than I don't know. Offender. I think uh I it's interesting how Bernie's trying to like drag Elizabeth Warren through the mud for working for corporations at one point in her life. And he tweeted, I think today or yesterday, like I've never worked for a corporation. It's like, well, way to tell on yourself for never having a job in your life. He's lived (laughs) off inherited wealth until he was elected to office. So he's never actually worked or done anything of substance. I think, Um, I I don't know. I just think, I think he and Warren, I think their platforms are so similar that it's like they both, they both obviously like. Of course, I'll vote for Bernie if he gets a nomination. Obviously, yeah, yeah. but um, I like Warren's proven record of like an adversarial relationship with corporations. I mean, yeah. she's like, she literally set up the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. Yeah, she's like the reason that um, like debt collectors can't harass you. She has had some other serious pieces of legislation that she put through. So I think, I, I mean, I, you know, and I like the wealth tax and I like all that. So yeah. I like her. I'm just, I'm getting like from the, I'm getting a lot of like vibes from 2016 all over again, where people on the left are just finding any little reason to not like her because of some misogyny well, because issues. It's misogyny. You know? She's the front runner now. I mean, I do love Elizabeth Warren. I'll yeah. say like, I, I also I love still Julian don't Castro. I'm obsessed with him. I think yeah. Julian Castro is awesome, and I wish he would get more support. Yeah, I would love to see him be anyone's vice presidential nominee. I did give him a little bit, little bit of money. Good. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I think I think he's fantastic. I think he has a bright future, regardless of what happens in this election. But yeah, for me, it's Warren until the DNC picks one, and, and then I'll vote for that person. Simple as that. I will say I was a little bit swayed by AOC's endorsement of Bernie. AOC, I mean, I wasn't really surprised, but she worked for him at one point. So. Yeah, she's my congresswoman. Yeah, so. yeah. no, and AOC's awesome. Um, I honestly am at the point now where I feel like the Senate election, like the congressional vote is going to be more important than the executive branch. Oh, I mean, yeah, you gotta like we're fucked if Trump wins again, but if he doesn't have a majority in the Senate, he's fucked. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I think flipping the Senate blue, frankly, is more important than electing a Democrat as president. Obviously both of those things would be ideal. Yeah. I don't know how or, much more of this I can take. Yeah, exactly. But it, the only thing, you know, kind of keeping him, keeping him where he is, is a Senate that is, has agreed to circle the wagon and protect him. Yeah. And even that support, I think, is crumbling, but he has these, like, freaks like Matt Gates and... Oh, God. And uh, Jim Jordan and those guys that just will not give up, so... Irene, are you into politics or is this torture for you? Um, 
<laughs> you know, I hope we win. That's yeah, all. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, have I don't no know other at opinions this point, on I'm like, it. I just hope a fucking Democrat wins. Like, yeah. I really don't. You know what I will say, though, about these primaries and about all primaries, really, but like this one is particularly hard to watch uh, in terms of watching like billionaires running as a vanity project. Like Tom Steyer oh, is cordially invited to go fuck himself. Yeah. Unless he stops this campaign. He's basically buying his way into every fucking debate, yeah. into every conversation. He has no compelling ideas or experience. He has a shitload of money and apparently his heart's in the right place. That's not enough. Yeah. He could have so much more influence if he would take some of that money that he's dumping into his own campaign and put it into really, really crucial Senate campaigns around the country. Put it into sure. like purple districts who could flip from red to blue. Yeah. There's a lot of really, really delicate, sensitive elections around the country for Congress, uh, whether it's the House or the Senate, that he could put those resources into and help these candidates and actually do something of substance rather than dump a shit ton of money into a fucking vanity project for no reason. It's absolute bullshit. It just to me it just it's the perfect illustration of even well meaning men always find a way to just like to fuck something up beyond belief. Yeah. Like what a complete waste of money. Also that this guy can, he's like the, he's like the oldest brother in succession. He's like Connor Roy. If yeah. anybody watches that, like it's yeah. fucking embarrassing. Yeah. I can't stand Tom Steyer. His Ugh. campaign sent me a text message. I don't know how they got my fucking number. <gasps> no. And I don't know. If, I don't know if you, if you get those political texts and you like, you're supposed to respond yes or no. They basically asked if they could count on my support for Tom Steyer, and I said no. And then I sent this like screed back to it because I'm assuming someone on the on some end is going to read that. Yeah. Or I'm just shouting into the void. I don't know. Most of the but time, it we're just good. shouting to the void. It felt good anyway. Well, that's good. Yeah. Anyway, fuck billionaires. They shouldn't exist. Right. Except for Oprah. Except for Oprah, she's fine. Oh, Oprah, and then there's another one. I can't think of a single billionaire that I don't. Or that I, at the very least, that I think should be taxed into just absolute oblivion. Sure, sure. I mean, yeah, tax, tax yeah. them all. Um, oh, who was it? There was another billionaire who did something awesome. Really? I don't think anything that they do is awesome. Oh, never mind. They're not a billionaire. I was thinking of, um, what's her name, who got arrested for <laughs> Jane Fonda. Oh, fucking Jane Fonda. She's awesome. <laughs> Yeah. She's not a billionaire. She's not a billionaire. No, yeah. she's not a billionaire. Not a billionaire, she, but... She is cool, though. Yeah. Uh, it's more of just, like, eat the rich, but not Oprah and Jane Fonda. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, Oprah should pay her fair share in taxes, too. She's been rich she long should. enough that she's completely disconnected from us, but, she but she's is, self-made, but, and but, I appreciate that. And she does put her money into, she does, like, actually yeah. tra- changing lives. She helps lives people. And, and cha- Yeah, exactly. She doesn't just have... Yeah, no. I... I I don't know. I just, I think that there's no such thing as a good billionaire for the most part. Like there's no way that you hoard that many resources without exploiting someone along the way. Exactly. And I just can't imagine. Did you see the video of um, Jeff Bezos walking into that that high school classroom? No, I tried to avoid looking at his face at any point in my life. Yeah. He walked into a classroom, like a computer science class in some high school. I want to say in like the DC area, maybe. Yeah. Um, And the kids... Like he walked in and the teachers and the, there was camera, you know, the camera people were there and you could tell they were trying to be like surprised to these high school kids. And they would, and they clearly expected the kids to be like, Whoa, not one of the kids, even like the, the ones who did look up from their computers were just like, who the fuck is this guy? Like nobody knew who he was. That's yeah. so it was funny. Amazing. And he was sort of standing there awkwardly and the kids were just like, 
Unimpressed. Thoroughly unimpressed. Yeah. Teenagers remain undefeated. They're yeah. the scariest people in the world. <laughs> they, when they are. Best case oh scenario, God. they don't care who you are. That's my... That's the only way, like, I can I can be around teens. Like, oh, please don't notice oh, me. God. Please don't care who I am. Because don't make fun of me. And I, this one, then the, the video, it's it's worth watching because then, like, the bottom corner, you see this one, this uh, young boy, he turns around, he asks his... You can tell, like, you can kind of read his lips and he's asking... He goes, who is Jeff Bezos to, to a, one of his classmates? And you can tell when the classmate tells him and he just rolls his eyes in the funniest way and like goes back to just fucking with his computer screen. It's so, so good. Yeah. These kids don't give a shit and I love it. I mean, also remember when we were in high school, like I didn't fucking know who any CEOs were. I barely knew yeah. the name I would have of companies. Known like, maybe who like Bill Gates was. I also grew yeah. up in Omaha, which was the home of Warren Buffett. Okay. So that was like. That was like our our that was our local billionaire. Yeah. So I don't know. I just I can't imagine like I like the idea of of the the you know the next generations not giving a shit about people who acquired a shit ton of resources through like brutal capital capitalism. Yeah. I thought it was awesome. Yeah. It's worth watching. Man, for me, the scariest time of day in New York is when they let the teenagers out of school. out of school. It is scary. And because all of a sudden it's like you're on the train. Surrounded everything's by teens. fine. Well, everything's fine because it's like a time. It's like right before rush hour. Yeah, like around three o'clock. Yeah, and yeah. then the doors open, and then like all the teens six or on. seven yeah. teenagers get on at once, and the volume. I don't even mind the volume. I'm just worried that they're going to make fun of me. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. <laughs> but then, and then you see they're like make fun of each other, and I'm like, who's next? Oh, they're roasting each other. They're going to go outside the circle. I'm wearing some really nerdy shoes. Yeah, this sucks. <laughs> yeah, and like, and, and then you know when you're, I don't know. I did this a lot when I was a teenager. Like a fun thing to do is like kind of fuck with strangers mm-hmm. and be like Ugh. to, to show off to your friends. Yeah. 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 To be like, Oh, I'm going to go like say something really random to this person, watch it. And everybody yeah. thinks it's the funniest thing. Right. Uh, and when you're 15, it is really funny. Yeah. And I, I would do that stuff all, all the time. And, uh, now I'm terrified that I'm going to, you're going to be like the victim of it. Yeah. Reap what I sow and uh, (laughs) that karma is going to catch up and I'm just going to be the person that's being like secretly filmed on somebody's Instagram Mm -hmm. feed for just being a total square. Oh my God. It's probably happened. Yeah. (laughs) Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's big give week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Are you thinking about getting into Dungeons & Dragons? Maybe you're looking to expand your horizons as a DM or a player. If that's the case, then it's time for you to check out The Dungeon Cast, the best D&D podcast out there that helps you passively learn all about the game just by listening. Find The Dungeon Cast anywhere you get podcasts or on YouTube.
Well, anyway, our topic today is <laughs> androgyny. Yeah. So. I'm excited to talk about this. I mean, I yeah. think in terms of like aesthetic, I think androgyny is obviously a broad term. Like that can kind of apply to a lot of things um, and a lot of like styles and, you know, anyone can like kind of participate in that. But for me, it's been like the the word that I've kind of settled on more so than butch. Like personally, I, I like... I identify more as androgynous than butch, I guess. Yeah. What about you, Irene? Um, I don't really know what word I would use. I don't necessarily like the word butch because mm-hmm. I feel like it's more butch than I present myself. Yeah. Um, so I feel a little bit uncomfortable calling myself butch. Um, although if someone were to say it, it'd be like, it's fine. Right. It's just not what I would use. Yeah. Um, so I kind of do like androgynous better, but I don't, I don't know. I kind of just don't like labels. Putting a label on it, I yeah. guess. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I don't know. I just wear men's clothing and have short hair. <laughs> well, yeah. So I feel like people who I identify or like think that their style is most in line with being kind of androgynous. Mm-hmm. They're not like, I'm androgynous. Like it's right. not really used as a label, but it is kind of if you're in this like, I guess, soft butch territory. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or something that maybe that term seems more... Um, appropriate and now with people identifying more and more as non-binary yeah but then there are people who are you know female identifying but very androgynous yeah totally it's it's an interesting space i only really use the term like in terms of just personal style yeah um Mm -hmm. yeah i don't really use it for like a and an identity yeah yeah yeah. yeah. just kind of like what i wear yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. I (laughs) i don't think people do, like I don't think anyone's saying like I identify as yeah. androgynous. It is interesting though, like the term butch. I don't know. It, it's I mean it's kind of like dyke where mm-hmm. it used to have I well, think yeah, a lot of like negative a lot of historical context too in the term butch. I mean yeah, butch people were like that was a very specific classification of like lesbians back in you know in like the sixties and seventies and eighties and that was. Kind of a time where, like, we had very rigid, like, groups that we belonged to. Yeah. Like, there's femmes and there's butch and there's nothing in between. Yeah. You know, and I think it's, it's, I love now that there's so much in between. Yes. And that, you know, women, men, non-binary people, trans people, everyone can really just sort of find however they feel as far as their look and their yeah. style and their attitude and everything. Um so that's, I think that's why I don't, I don't love the term, but I'm, I'm usually referred to as butch just yeah. because... Because people still like it's to a, sort. Into it's a vibe. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's fine. Yeah. Um, but I like... It's, it's a just, vibe. It's, it's fine. Of, it's fine. It's just like, you know, it's... I don't mind being referred to that way, but it's not the term that I, like, reach for right away. Because I think that there are, like, women and queer people out there who are who are butch and yeah. are more sort of on that end of the spectrum than I am. Like, I don't think... Even, even though, like, I wear men's clothing, I wear, like, a lot of boots and leather jackets, things like that, I still don't think I'm as far to the like butch end of the spectrum as some people are. So I'm going to yeah. give them their, their space in that, in yeah. that way, you yeah. know, let them claim that. Yeah. Um, as far as like your evolution of style, like yeah. when did you kind of start, uh, dressing in like a more masculine way and like how, you know, how did that, how did that kind of affect like your expression of queerness and that kind of thing? Um, I think since I was a kid, I had always dressed, less feminine mm-hmm. um so but i would mostly wear a lot of t-shirts and shorts yeah i loved shorts 
Uh, or I'd wear pants, you know, if it was yeah. cold outside. But that was just kind of my thing. And my mother let me because she was just like, oh, like, you're just being comfy. And I'm like, yeah. great, this works. Man, uh, I, <laughs> so- I'm jealous already because <laughs> yeah. I hated wearing shorts uh, growing up because I'm – uh, like super pasty and I was so <laughs> self-conscious about how white my legs were that it'd be like 95 degrees in the summer and I am pants. wearing pants yeah. and like for years it wasn't until I went to college that I was like fuck this I'm just gonna wear shorts man shorts are great shorts are great it's I like, still don't wear I don't wear shorts you don't now wear shorts? I know no. you're not a shorts person I don't wear that I when I when I I'm kind of in the same boat like when I was a kid I wore a lot of like like, you know, baggy t-shirts and, like, jeans and then definitely shorts all summer long. And it was always more like a comfort thing. Um, but I think I was also, I was just, I was, I've been more comfortable expressing myself in that way from the beginning. And thankfully, when I was a kid, that was when, like, in, like, the mid-90s and late-90s, that's when, like, the baggy clothing, the baggy shirts and all that were, like, totally in. So that helped. Yeah, I never really followed fashion when I was yeah. a kid, though. I <laughs> yeah. just literally, you know, they just sell a lot of t-shirts yeah. and shorts, and it, yeah. it was like hot in the summers. And I just, I just thought it's like the quickest and easiest clothing to put on. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I was just about like saving time, and because I don't, I don't, I'm not a morning person, so I'm yeah. like whatever I can put on fastest and make it to school on time. So yeah. Like a what kind of shorts, shorts. were? They? Was it like umbros or was it like jean shorts or? Uh, no, not uh, more like yeah, basketball shorts uh-huh. or okay. like shorts with pockets. Yeah. Um not necessarily jean shorts. I'm sure I had some. Mm-hmm. I had a jort here and there. Yeah, I definitely wore when I was in high school. I I was like I really leaned into that like athletic look. So I would wear basketball shorts and a hooded sweatshirt literally every single day to school when it was warm. And same story, but like a sweatpant or maybe jeans. When it was cold, like I, I basically like he, looked like I was going to like PE class all the time. Yeah, that that's the f- yeah. It was awesome. I would love that. It's basically, it's essentially pajamas. Like I would change out I my pajamas. I would still love to do that now. Pajamas. Yeah, <laughs> that's how my first girlfriend dressed. Yeah, for sure. It was definitely. I feel like it's queer signaling. Yeah, when you're in high school. It was always like sweatpants or track pants or like long basketball shorts, and then always some type of sweatshirt and then sometimes um socks with those like adidas sandals mm-hmm. the slides yeah yeah. yeah love and, uh, a sock and slide and, <laughs> and then uh underneath the sweatshirt was a tie-dye t-shirt and my mom was just like who is this person that keeps coming over to the house you're like you'll you'll figure it out eventually mom <laughs> yeah yeah oh my god that was more surprising to her than me being gay was that i was gay with this other person yeah <laughs> That was the surprise. Right. But anyway, so did did your mom ever try to dress you in like a more feminine way? Um, no, she kind of left me alone to mm-hmm. dress however I wanted. Um, Thank God. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, for, yeah, for the most part. I think sometimes maybe she would try to be like, hey, wear this color or something. But for the most part, I like, I mean, I would go with her to buy clothes, but I kind of just picked whatever I wanted. Yeah. Or you get a lot of free t-shirts. Oh, yeah. You know, as a kid, so I just wore a lot of free shirts. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> we didn't buy like clothes the- very often, so it's just right. me wearing the same things for years. I was, like, pretty firmly middle class, so, like, the fact that t-shirts were always, like, the giveaway at every possible, oh, it was great. you know, every sporting event or, like, every little rec basketball team I played for, I always had, like, the t-shirt for it. You know, little, little kids are always playing sports and shirts that are, like, four sizes too big. So I loved you can it. Wear that shirt. Forever. Yeah, I like wore. Yeah. <laughs> I wore an adult medium as like a child. Yeah, 
I don't even wear an adult medium now. I know. I know. It was way too big, but I was like, oh, I like it big. Yeah. (laughs) There's a picture of me. So I want, I think maybe I did wear shorts at the, it was before I got like Mm self-conscious, but it's like the first day of school. I want to say for third or fourth grade. And I'm wearing these like kind of long black jean shorts and this way oversized t-shirt with a giant Tweety Bird on it. Oh, and Tweety Bird was all the rage. some kind of quote next to it. It said, my like, hair you're not the boss of me. Yeah, yeah. something <laughs> uh, that was, like, kind of sassy. And I remember in elementary school thinking, like, that the like the most high-end clothes I had were from the Looney Tunes store at the mm. mall. <laughs> Well, they were expensive. If you they got were them expensive. at the Looney Tunes store, I, got I was them at the not Loon- a Looney Tunes store girl. Yeah, no, I that go- was for the rich girls in my class. I, right, I go to the <laughs> Looney Tunes store and uh, go through the sale racks and and see what I could get. And mm-hmm. like, like it was one of those things where at one point everybody in my family had something from the Looney Tunes store. Yeah. I'm like, what a weird time. Tweety Bird shirts had a moment. What a I weird time. That. And Marvin the Martian. Yes, those were yeah, like yeah, the yeah. two very popular yeah. uh, characters to have. But yeah, I. I felt like I was definitely more tomboyish mm-hmm. yeah. when I was growing up. When I hit my, like, you know, p- just after high school, going into college, I, I was in a sorority, and um, that's kind of when I when I felt like I needed to dress more, like, femme and more girly. Yeah. And what a horrific time period of my life. That's when you like, were waxing your eyebrows? Oh, my God. The... <sighs> The, first of all, the style in the things that were cool in 2004 to 2008 are it's it's the worst possible era of fashion. I hope none of it ever comes back. Like those gaucho pants, remember those? They're like flowy, sort of like knee length. Oh God! I'll show you later. Yeah, but yeah. they're really bad. Anyway, you I, had those. I had those. <gasps> I have never. Fa- I've never been more like. Not only was I just kind of figuring out my sexuality and really yeah. self conscious about that and actively hiding that. But also trying to like shoehorn this big awkward body into this the girlier shit that like my 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 little like boy crazy friends were wearing. Yeah, it just really represents like possibly the worst like closeted time of my life, and yeah. that was a lot of that was because of the like because of it kind of like putting a square peg in a circle hole, trying to be this feminine person through style. I just can't get over the, get over the fact that you were in a sorority. I know. <laughs> I know reaction. It's, it's really, really, it's kind of one of those little fun facts that I bring up every once in a while and yeah. not one person has ever been like, oh, that track. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No. But I will say my ex-wife was in a sorority and that's another person that everybody's like, what? Yeah. Like yeah. seems the least likely person to be. I mean, it was different. I went a sorority, to a small school but it depends on in the, the Midwest. And yeah. So it wasn't like, uh, had I gone to like a big university especially one maybe on the coast or like florida or in the south yeah Yeah, exactly i i definitely would not have been in that case because they those organizations tend to look for like one type of young woman and i didn't fit that at all but in my in my school it it was i don't know it was it was a very different like uh just sort of a different vibe in, in the greek system there yeah I definitely wouldn't advise anyone to do it, but it worked at the time. And I was only in it for like, I think a year and a half or two years. And then I got out. But yeah, that was, uh, I actually really wanted to be in a sorority. Like, because remember that show, uh, sorority life. Yes, I do remember that show. No, it was on, it was on MTV. It was short lived. It was like one season. It was at UC 
or was it Irvine? No. Or, yeah, there was one at UC Irvine, and then they did one at the school in Buffalo. So, uh, yeah, fraternity life mm. was in Buffalo, and my uh, high school friends were on it. Okay. Who were a couple years older than me, because, like, I was still, so I was, like, a yeah. senior, I think, when it came out. And sorority life, I was watching it. I'm like, oh, my God, sororities are just like student council. And that was the, kind of, yeah. like the student council nerd. That was the appeal for me. I'm yeah. like, people have different positions and you do crafts and you have projects and yeah. there are theme parties. <laughs> and like, this is what I need to do. But then I hierarchical went, leadership and crafts. Wait, so did you really join a sorority? No, I didn't because I went to uh, Boston University and the Greek life there, it's, like, very weird. And also, like, you're in Boston. Like, there's a ton to do. Mm-hmm. And it's a huge university. There was a lot going on. And uh, sororities also, like, you know, I, I didn't have a lot of money, like, between yeah. paying for college and I had jobs and I was saying for other things. And sorority, like, it costs money. It's expensive, money yeah. To yeah. be a part of. You to pay dues in the, to, like, the organization and yeah, it's a so lot. Yeah, so it seemed like the only people in sororities were, like, really rich people from Connecticut or mm-hmm. something who... And that is generally true in a lot of schools. Yeah. So I felt like, oh, this definitely won't be my group. And and then also, like, by then, um, you know, I knew I was gay and I was out. And part of me also was like, I don't think I'd be comfortable. Like, I would just be paranoid of being, like, the lesbian in the sorority. Well, that's kind of what I was. I mean, and that was definitely obvious in hindsight when you look at, like, photos of me at that time in my life trying to wear the femme clothing and trying to like, yeah, I wasn't trying to be sexy. I think I was too self-aware for that. Yeah. But I, uh, I, I just, I needed to fit in so much with my friends as sort of a survival mechanism. I think, I think that's what was happening in my head. Like I wanted to at least masquerade as someone who cares what boys think about her. And that was, and clothing was obviously a big part of that. Yeah. Um, but also the source of like my deepest insecurity and discomfort at that time. Yeah. So once I started, when I, you know, I came out and my style just at like at a glacial pace moved towards where it is now, I got more and more comfortable with each sort of like masculine, uh, like milestone, I guess. Like, that sort of moment where I stopped buying women's clothing and stopped even considering it. Oh yeah. I, for the longest time I like, cause I, I, you know, like more masculine clothing or whatever, but I, you know, they always gender all the clothes. So yeah. I was like, Oh, I can only shop in the women's section. Cause that's a woman. To. Yeah. Right. Cause I have you, to. It's like this rule. I, I like, I don't, I think I only like in the last five years, I was like, Oh, I can buy clothes in the other section. Yeah. I can just walk over there and, and like, it'll and be I fine. take it to the cash register oh, I and then I pay for it and that's it. And I just like, <laughs> for some reason, my brain was like, you're not allowed to buy clothes yeah. from the men's section. I was like, I don't, I don't know why. Right. It's like, cause everything is so heavily gendered. It's because it's, 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 there's like an unlearning process there too. We have to kind of untangle those rules in our heads that were placed on us to kind of just by like, can be by anyone, peers and family. And A lot of it's like marketing too. Totally. So. Yeah. Like I, I like the style of men's clothing and as I, so I've been kind of like all over the, the spectrum and at some points in my life have been like very feminine and mm-hmm. now I, just depending on how I feel any day, but I'm like equally comfortable in like a flowy dress as I am in a suit and tie. Yeah. And 
I would like, like I see men clo- men's clothing that I'm like, oh, this is really cool. I would like this, but it doesn't really fit me. And then I've gone in, there's a store called Fluid uh, or the Fluid Project in New York. And it's all, uh, un- it's like a genderless store. Yeah. But unisex clothing all fits me. It's like boxy. None of it fits right. Yeah, so it's yeah. like, I want. That's kind of the challenge too. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, if I go to the men's section, it's always a little bit too big. Yeah. yeah I was going to ask you like if it's too big because anytime I've tried like something that's men's mm-hmm. uh, because there are a lot of cool like men's pants that seem like a lot more comfortable and have like pocket space and stuff. But like, I don't Yeah. Also know like the front part fit. is, yeah. you know, cause yeah. we don't got junk in the front. Right. So yeah, then it's yeah. like, it look like these are men's pants right now and it's fine. But I like, I, I can definitely tell the difference between if I buy like women's pants yeah. and men's pants. I'm like, Oh, it just doesn't fit as well. Right. Yeah. You're like, it doesn't um, fit as well, but I actually have real pockets, so that's nice. Yeah, so it's like, well, the pockets I can put my whole hand in, yeah. and I can actually put my whole phone in it, and it's yeah. not falling out. But also, why is it so roomy? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Man, I do need those big pockets. Yesterday, right before leaving the house, uh, I was like, you know, I'm going to go to the bathroom quickly before I go, and my phone was in my back pocket, and Uh-oh. like immediately just hear a splash. I'm like, fuck me. Like That's what you need going out the door, is your phone falling oh into God. your toilet. Someone should just make... A company that only sells pants with big pockets. Right. And they yeah. could co- just call it big pockets. Yeah. yeah. Just get straight to For the point. For women or men or whoever. For and people they, who just have shit to carry around. They, exactly. That's All of what our the phones slogan are too is. big now. It's like, I know. Yes, the new the phones are too big. Every standard smartphone. The standard size is too fucking big for a real pocket. Yeah. yeah. So you have to make pockets that are big enough to fit. Yeah. Because that's all we're putting in our pockets phone first. Pocket. It's like yeah. It's like wallet and like your yeah. giant phone. Yeah. You know, and, and also I don't understand why maybe because it like would catch on stuff, but why aren't there zippers on back pockets? Oh, I don't know. I don't think I, I think like that actually. Yeah. Uh, I'm alone on this zipper train. I, I, think. I, I have zippers. I have buttons on these back pockets. And I even hate that. Yeah, that would drive me. It's nuts just like in the way. Yeah, you can't like you be able to easily your put your phone in it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess I feel like a, a, a button might be in the way, but no, I need this. I, yeah. This is my second time dropping the phone in the toilet. I need to <laughs> keep things. Maybe keep you need to not pocket. put it in your back yeah. pocket. My front pockets are too small. Oh, yeah. back <laughs> so we're back to the pocket thing. I know. You should get one of those like dad uh, the like clips. belt clips. Yeah, yeah. I know. I think yeah. that's what you need. Is you look like clip. a security guard everywhere you go. <laughs> a whole off topic on pockets, I think, uh, at this point. Do you have like a strict pocket uh, ritual? Like, my, for example, my phone is always in my front left pocket. Wallet is always in my back right. Keys are hooked on. No, right. I like to mix it up because oh, I don't really? want to give chaos. any particular part of my body cancer. Oh, that's true. You want to evenly distribute yeah, the, the cancer. cancer. Around. Yeah. yeah, that's okay. good. That's that a makes good plan. Sense. I should do like a rotation, but I just, I can't. Like I won't even, and chapstick has to be in the right pocket. Chapstick and pocket change are in the right pocket. Absolutely nothing else. Should we? Well, be- now I know how to mug you. Yeah, exactly. Huh? <laughs> Should we be uh, checking our butts for for cancer now? Like our I don't breasts? know. Like I don't a- know where, where the cell phone cancer is going. I, I don't know if we I, have I enough think years your of butts data. Are good, but I uh-huh. know. I, I think it's pretty bad if you put it like in your like um, on your chest, near on your, your chest. Yeah, on your chest. I okay, think that's pretty close to stuff. Because oh. I feel like, so like there's, you not, don't there's not organs your by your butt. No. Yeah. You know what like, I mean? You know, there's some There's a lot of butt tissue happening. Yeah. That sounds like sound science to me. Yeah. I think I agree with that for yeah. sure. Good. All right. I'll keep and, my phone And you're not supposed to like sleep with your phone near your like ear right. head yeah. situation. Yeah. That's bad. I do that. That's yeah. bad. That's not good. Right. That so is actually scientifically bad. Right. Right. Oh, if you plug it in and put it by your ear, I bet it's horrible. Yeah. I've probably got like a twin growing inside my brain. Yeah. That's no good. I 
I did that app the one time that was like supposed to track how you sleep and you put it under your, your yeah, pillow. Yeah, I did that for a while. I think, I don't think that stuff is good for you. No, yeah. So I did it once and then I thought about it and I'm like, I shouldn't be sleeping on top of my yeah. cell phone. No, no, no. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah. I would get better sleep, I think, if I would just plug my phone in like across the room yeah. and 100%. let it charge. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Don't fuck with it. I woke up at three o'clock this morning and I was awake for two and a half hours because I couldn't get back to sleep. Because I was just mindlessly mm-hmm. scrolling Twitter, oh, no. refreshing Twitter. And let me tell you, there aren't that many things to refresh at that time of night. Because no yeah. one's tweeting because everyone's in bed like a normal person. Yeah. It was bad. That's why I like to get up early and get work done before Twitter gets gone. <sighs> Twitter really fires up around like 9 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. You and have to I get really everything. can't get anything done. Got to get up at 5. It's and so do- bad. Um, has, Irene, has your hair always been short? Really? Oh God, I wish I was a cool kid and knew that's what I wanted my hair. <laughs> yeah. No, because um, my hair was always just, it was a middle part, very long hair. Uh-huh. Straight, yeah. a very, I had straight hair. Yeah. Um, it was like that for 19 years. Okay. Wow. So the exact same haircut. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know how that, I think that's just like a standard girl haircut. Yeah. Yeah. Like when you're a kid. Girls have like three haircuts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's yeah. like, you know, uh, and I have Kinda straight like hair. Kind like the boys so. have three haircuts. Yeah, so you just stick yeah. with the one haircut and I just, I don't like change either and uh-huh. I just do whatever's easy so my hair was always like that and I would get a trim like once a year by my mom. She yeah. just cut yeah. the bottom. I'm Mine like, too. <laughs> So that was just my hair forever and I didn't even know there was like another option because I don't think there was any other girl in my school that had like even an option of like shorter no way. hair. That like maybe a like thing. a bob thing, but there was like mm-hmm. no girl that had like actually short hair. Uh, we, we didn't even a have a girl with a pixie cut. Oh, uh, we That's did. what I'm saying. Like yeah. we had yeah. nothing. We, no one no one was above the ears. It was like a severe bob was the the shortest that it got. I didn't cut my hair until I was twenty what year was that? It was two thousand twelve, so I would have been twenty four. Oh yeah, that's pretty late. Twenty yeah. Yeah, I yeah. cut my hair when I was nineteen. We had we had some people who did the twenty six, I guess, yeah. ahead of their time. What was the name of that blonde reality mom with blonde hair? And it was like oh, Kate Goslin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They Down had the K plus eight. Yeah, she had the can I speak to your manager haircut. Yeah. So, <laughs> but before that was her haircut. It that was like the artsy kids. Oh, in my got high that school, with like the longer, um, the longer front, the longer bang, bang up here, but like sort of shaved like a, in the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then kind of like combed forward. Yeah, a little bit. And Those that, were like the punk kids. Yeah, there were a couple kids like that in my grade. That yeah, like, I don't know if there was anyone in my high school that had short hair, or even if, or if they did, it's not like there was anyone's who, hair that was so good that I was like, oh, that's an option. Yeah, you know what I mean, like yeah. it wasn't until I was like in college where I'm like, oh. Here's an option yeah. of a cool haircut I could get. Did you, <laughs> cutting your hair, um, do you remember the, the very first time you cut it all off? Did you get it oh, yeah. as short as it is now? Or did no, it I did. I chickened out. Because um, yeah. I had never had short hair. So when I, wa- I did want to cut it. I, I had saw I seen someone's haircut that was like pretty short like this. Uh-huh. Maybe a little bit longer than what I have right now. Um, and I wanted this. But while I was like in the salon, I was like, oh no, what if it looks bad? It's scary. So, yeah. So then I had him cut it like below my ears a little bit, like here, yeah. like chin length maybe. Okay. Um, and then I, it was okay. And I, but then I knew like right after I was like, oh, I should just cut it all yeah. off. Yeah. So then I think the next month I cut it short. Mine evolved from the first time I got it all cut off. It was like kind of like down to here, like down to my boobs. And yeah. I got like 10 inches of it cut off. And I had 
the like the first Bieber haircut. Remember like the the emo sort Bieber of a swoop. This yeah. 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 So I had that at first and then it's evolved to like what it is now. Those right were the now pictures I'm, like, you brought. A haircut, but uh did you bring like pictures of Justin Bieber and you're like do that? I brought a picture of Oh my god, um, you did. No, not of him, but of uh at which, the time which boy band was member? It? At the time uh Pink had well, oh, she does have some great she, haircuts. I know. Yeah. Her haircuts are so fucking gay, and they're so amazing. Yeah. And I, she's straight. I, it just I mean, feels like such no, a I still robbery. think she's gay, but... Yeah. yeah. But she, at the time, she had... That's the oh, official no. stance on this podcast. Yeah. There was, there was pink, and then I had looked up a photo of... I want to say at the time, at this, like, flash of time in 2012, maybe Charlize Theron had short hair. Like, some celebrity had gotten their hair cut, and it was like, yeah. look at this cool haircut. What I got was not that. But yeah. it was what I showed her. Yeah. And, like, I got as close to that as I could get, I think. Even yeah. had I gotten the cool, like, pink haircut, I wouldn't have been able to style it like she does. Or a lot of the, a lot of the coolness of that cut had to do with, like, the cool dye involved and, like, the color and That's everything. True. So, yeah. But that was, like, did did cutting your hair correlate at all with you, like, coming out? Like, did that happen around the same time? Oh, yeah. That was, like, I, was, like, the thing. I cut my hair and then I, like, slowly came well you know what happened was so i knew i was gay and then i was like closeted for like three more years Mm -hmm. um and then i saw this cool haircut and i so i hadn't told my mom i saw this cool haircut and i was like you know what i'm gonna cut my hair so then i cut my hair and then like a month after that i came out to my mom yeah but then i still hadn't come out to like most of my friends but i was like coming out on stage when I was like doing stand up. Oh cool. Because it's uh it's always easier for me to like talk about stuff on stage than like in person because I don't really like talking to people. Yeah. Um yeah. like one on one. Thanks it for coming. It feels here. more <laughs> intimate. Um I know honestly it's always a miracle if I ever do a podcast. <laughs> we feel uh, very lucky. We do. <laughs> I'm trying to do it more because they're like you should do it and I'm like okay. Um, <laughs> but um but then then I like you know I was like yeah well, you all know because of this, right? Right. Like, yeah. this This should tell you the story. Like, I don't have to, like, I don't say have, it, right? Do this yeah, whole thing. Like, you know. Like- <laughs> so my family all went to the same hairdresser when I was growing up because he was a family friend. Shout uh-huh. out to Jean-Pierre. And uh, <laughs> the only French, other French people in Buffalo. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Jean-Pierre, I, I can't... I don't know if he was kidding or not, but he would always try to convince me to go short with mm-hmm. my hair and I couldn't he knew. and I was like did he know like now I want to was he call gay him up. no no oh, see, him I was and his picturing... wife worked at the salon okay yeah I, I was picturing a, a French version of like the uncle from Mrs. Doubtfire no so I know they say like never let a straight man cut your hair but uh-huh. yeah he did he did our hair for years but he was always like is this the time are we gonna go short and like I didn't think of it at the time I thought he was just kidding but now I'm like I think he knew that I was gay yeah and then he was just trying to get me to see it in the mirror, right. you know? To like try <laughs> That's to kind of amazing. Yeah. Isn't he had it? Hair, hairstylist intuition. I know. I'm going to. They're always really smart people that are really insightful to talk to. I love going to my hairstylist. We just like. Yeah. I just like to chat. And then we comfortably know when the conversation's over and like I can just be quiet in this in the chair. Because I really do love to just sit in silence while someone shaves my, like. Oh, totally. When they use yeah. the buzzers. Oh, it's so, it's so therapeutic. Speaking of androgyny, uh, Jonathan Van Ness, uh, you know, was a, was a hairstylist uh-huh. for their whole career. Yeah, yeah. That's, and, that's how, he, how they started, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I was listening to their episode on Margaret Cho's new podcast, yeah. The Margaret Cho, and talking about because now they've been because of Queer Eye they've been asked to do 
stand up and they didn't ever do stand up, you know, and a lot mm-hmm. of people are like, why is Jonathan Van Ness on all these comedy festivals and everything? But kind of talked about how their open mic was cutting people's hair for years and yeah. building stories and routines and trying to make people laugh and trying to be relatable or likable and develop like a yeah. kind of persona as a, as a hairstylist. And that almost kind of like lended to this ability to be, I don't, I don't know what their style is on stage. If it's like storytelling yeah. or, or something or like if it's that. bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is the other option. It's yeah. bad. Yeah. It could be. Stand up isn't for everyone. You know, I kind of wish, Fewer people were doing stand-up. Well, that's why I'm just like, well, is it good, though? Because Yeah. <laughs> I mean, people are going to see Jonathan Van Ness because it's Jonathan it, Yeah, they're going to pay like, 50 bucks good, to though? go see him. Right. Yeah, yeah. They're, you know. I mean, I haven't seen it, so I can't say if no, it's good or No, no, I, I can't judge, but I will imagine that there is a certain style of gay comedian who goes up and just kind of talks about things in their lives in a mm-hmm. way that and it's just funny because they're gay i feel like that's the kind of comedy that appeals only to straight women yeah like, w- groups of women going out for like yeah, a bachelor going party. to the shows like is it like mostly straight people it's gotta, uh, be. It's gotta I, be well i think the queer eye guys in general appeal to straight people like yeah their whole brand is like selling queerness in a palatable way to the straight the straight viewers. I don't think that, gay that's men. What you that, that's what gets you those, uh, yeah. those fucking Netflix yeah, so, contracts. So it's like mostly, so we think it's mostly straight people going to see Jonathan. I Pro- think, I think oh, so. Yeah. For sure. Definitely. For sure. And then they think anything that Jonathan's saying is like hilarious because, because so of his sassy. inflection. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and I don't, ugh. I don't love that, but you know, to each their own and like make, make your money. Yeah. Get those however checks. However you need, whatever. but also leave but room also, on can I open for, for you? Yeah. <laughs> Right. Because you know that they're going to start booking like theater shows right off the bat. Oh, oh they are, they're not doing they're that. They're already doing that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. The, really? Went from it's just like TV like to theater oh, shows. Yikes. Yeah. And it's like, going to be like a Netflix special. <laughs> yeah. no, it really, truly. Oh, yeah. Not even It's already been happening for like yeah. a year. <sighs> yeah. That's brutal. It's rough out there. Like yeah. huge theaters. Selling yeah. out huge theaters. <laughs> yeah. Just be- well, and, and that's the thing right now, like in stand up, it's like Stormy Daniels can have a mm-hmm. stand up tour when there are when these are clubs that never book women right. as headliners and maybe and have she's like literally never done stand up before. Yeah. Literally never literally done stand up. Not a comedian. Yeah. She might as well like be a pilot. Like there's no her experience level is the same. She's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. headline the weekend. Yeah. It's like, yeah. What? I've been yeah. doing this forever. Yeah. 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 Here, here's a here's a Saturday nine o'clock show. <laughs> and then people are like, don't tear down other women. It's like no, no, no. This is like this is just so insulting to women, right? And to like all like, comedians. We won't book you because you've been doing Santa for fifteen years, but her, mm, we'll have her. Yeah, yeah. Let's hear her like two canned jokes Ugh. about Donald Trump's peanut. Let's not reward somebody who's slept with Donald Trump. Yeah. Uh, let's start with that. So, um, you know, when when you were talking before about feeling the need to be very feminine to fit in, I feel like in terms of androgyny that. It always was, I mean, from from a women's perspective, mm-hmm. I feel like guys are always stereotypically for a while, like suspicious of any man who wasn't very masculine, right? Oh, yeah. Then it, that means you're gay or whatever. Yeah. But for, uh, for cool people, uh, androgyny in men was uh, like Prince, 
David Prince Bowie, and David Bowie like, and Mick Jagger and like, yeah, and actors and stuff that like that. It. That was always mm-hmm. like that celebrated, cool. and, and that's cool. That. And everybody's yeah. yeah, that they were sex symbols for for women. Yeah, of course, and being androgynous, but it was never really like. Women didn't get the same. No, shake. women have always been expected and still are to be like the ultra femme. Yeah, uh, like, like uh, someone being considered sexy to me. Like I thought, like to be basically, I was in a point in my life where I was still sort of clinging on to those last like shreds of heteronormative thoughts in my head of like, okay, I need to fit in, I need to look like my friends, and I need to like have a boyfriend or like, you know, have a boy even interested in me at all, which none of them ever were, uh, bless their hearts. And I don't know. I just kind of was, I I could never have conceptualized that like I could be sexy in wearing like men's clothes and have short hair. Like that was fucking not in my mind at all. And now I feel like it's the only way to be. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And, but I mean, you saw a little bit of it in pop culture. Like I always remember being very interested in like, like really clocking when women wore like suits, yeah, and feeling like, whoa, that's so fucking cool, and wanting to be them or whatever. But, but, but at that time, it was still basically like Madonna was doing it a little bit, you know, and and like major celebrities were doing it. But it was still like very straight celebrities, yeah, totally yes. doing it. Celebrities that were very safe in their in their straightness and in their you know their completely hetero normative lifestyle and, and, and everything else. It's, it's, it's kind of like, a, oh, this very femme um, person is now like, oh, here's me wearing a suit yeah. like one time. It's like, like, isn't that fun? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like extremely hot, famous person yeah. can wear a suit, of course. But like seeing, as far as seeing just like everyday women wearing suits, I never saw, had I, if I had saw an example of that, I think I would have been really intrigued by it. What about TV characters? Do you remember like your first androgynous representation that hmm. you saw to, to me what comes to mind is my so-called life the, i never watched that show i didn't watch that either yeah okay well the uh gay guy on it i remember had kind of like i don't know he he wore jewelry yeah and had kind yeah. of like a very so sort feminine those, soft look yeah but was also like the gender boundaries yeah, yeah 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 and i remember um, finding that like fascinating and being like this is a really cool character. Yeah, on this I remember show. being really intrigued by uh, Tori in Saved by the Bell and her like black leather jacket. I thought she was like the coolest, like the coolest character I'd ever seen. And I was like, oh, 10 that's at butch. that time. Yeah. yeah, well, she had long hair though, and she was really yeah. pretty. So it like that that was like a like a soft intro to like you can dress pushing gender norms. Yes. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, for me, it was like you can dress that way, and a boy will still like you, and which still is, get like, lesbian Zach Morris. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Soft butch Zach Morris. Zach Morris was such a dyke. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, I don't. Even now, though, we don't have a ton of. I, I struggle to think of like more than a small handful of actors on TV who are mask of center, like women or non-binary people. There's the the actor in Billions, and yeah. they wear suits. You know, and I don't. I don't watch the show. I don't know what their care. What like who their character is? Yeah, Asia Dillon. Yeah, yeah, and why they're always, like, dressed in, like, a suit, obviously. Yeah. I don't know. It has something to do with the show. But um, that's the only actor I can think of off the top of my head that's really... And obviously, like, in Take My Wife, like, Rhea Butcher and and um, Cameron Esposito have their own masculine style. 
in the show, but we don't have that. Like there just aren't that many like butcher androgynous actors. We there, as far as representation goes, there's almost none. I mean, Lena Waithe was kind of the first. Lena Waithe was probably the first butch, first, like, yeah. but like fucking butch dyke I saw on TV where I was like, okay, yeah, so she can do this and that's awesome. So like, and we all love this character, you know, and she just gets to play her, like gets to wear, I'm, I'm, I imagine those were like her clothes in the beginning of that show that she wore. Yeah. Um, and that was the first time I really saw anything like that. And that was like four years ago, not even that three years ago. Yeah. I, I think there is a, a little bit more like with some shows, especially shows made for, for younger people and, um, that they're kind of like really trying yeah. to, to match like what's going on in the real world with how people express gender and have that on TV. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, Ryan Murphy's show, the, what's it called? The politician. Uh-huh. Or, yeah. yeah. I watched one episode of that, but it, yeah, it's very much like exploring all of that and has, a um, mm-hmm. A trans male actor where, I mean, I only saw the first episode, but it wasn't even, like, addressed that this person is trans. And I like that trend that, like, that trans actors are just being cast in roles that match their gender identity Mm -hmm. uh, without having that be, like, a plot point point or even uh, even addressed. And I think that's cool to to have representation that way. But um, I don't know. Any last thoughts on androgyny before we move to our listener question? Mm, I don't know. I think uh, ultimately I th- I've the way like my identity, like my queerness and my confidence and everything has been so inextricably linked with clothing and with uh, like style yeah. that I don't think I would be, I don't think I w- my life would be where it is right now if I hadn't like cut my hair and started wearing men's clothing oh, and yeah, just totally. feeling totally. better, you know? Yeah. So if you do like listeners out there, if you feel like you want to start exploring that. And if you feel like that's going to build your confidence, go for it. There is, like we said earlier, there's no rule about having to shop in the women's section at a store. Yeah. I promise you the retailers don't care. They just want your money. They, they so. don't care at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought I was going to get like shit. electrocuted if yeah. I went to the men's section or something. It's like, Oh no, no, no one I'm cares. Yeah. Pretty sure also they, sometimes <laughs> they think you're shopping for somebody else. Exactly. Like they so. think you're getting something for, I mean, it doesn't matter what they think. It doesn't matter what they think, but yeah. I was always like self-conscious about it. Like yeah. people will be looking at me weird, but they think like you're getting a present or something yeah so it like truly doesn't matter but i'm pretty sure the executives at uniqlo don't give a shit what you buy as long as you buy something yeah so (laughs) for sure all right so our listener question today uh so i've been considering joining the military since i was around 17 i'm 20 now and somehow i keep getting myself into relationships where enlisting is not an option this is something that i'm very interested in but my current girlfriend is totally against it and gets upset when i bring it up she even told me that she would end things if I decided to join. Uh, is it unfair of me to expect the person I'm with to just be okay with it? And for context, her current relationship, they've been together for four months. Mm. Yeah. At 20 years old, a four-month relationship feels like epic. pretty epic. So yeah. I get that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if it's something you really want to do, if you feel that strongly about it, if you feel like that's your calling in life, uh then you should just do it. and. But I don't think you can expect people no, to, you be can't expect everyone to be down with it because that's Yeah, I wouldn't huge... like that. Yeah, I yeah. wouldn't either. Yeah. I'm personally, I would advise you against doing that at all. But uh, there's a lot of We have a lot of listeners who are, who are active duty. Who are and active like, duty. Which is great. But, uh, it sounds like 
from the listeners who are active duty, um, who have written into us that they're, they have to date other service people. Yeah, exactly. Cause I mean, with the moving and things like that, there's just, there's a whole, it's a lifestyle that, uh, when you are in it, anyone who is attached to you in any way also has to be in it. You know, yeah, like totally. it's not something you can do on your own and expect a partner to, uh, just kind of go along with because of the, just the, the full commitment that you're both going to basically you're both in the military at that point. Yeah. Because they are at, you're at the mercy of wherever the fuck they want to move you, whatever they want you to do, you know, the you military kind of is your, your life. life. Yeah, yeah. That that's going to be your, your number one priority. Mm-hmm. And again, if you want that, you if you know, want to do it, I'm it not saying like don't join the military. Yeah, you've but wanted you, it for a, a while. And mm-hmm. unfortunately though, there are trade-offs and the trade-offs is, having a committed relationship. Yeah. You might be able to find somebody, but you can't. I don't think a relationship needs to be your priority at that point. Yeah. Because you're going to have too much else going on. And it's not fair to expect that for somebody to be cool with that. And it has nothing to do with how much they love you or how much, you know, it has to do like, that's such a specific Mm -hmm. lifestyle and such a huge sacrifice that for, for both of you. um, Yeah. It's, I think you should yeah. go easy on uh, on your person because it's yeah. a tough thing to to agree with, and I can't say I blame her for being skeptical about it. Either way, follow your heart. Yeah, yeah. you'll be fine. All right. Well, best of luck to that listener and Irene. Where can people find out where you're doing comedy or follow you on the social media? Uh, you can find me on social media at Irene underscore tu, um, and then or you can check out my, my website for wherever I'm performing. So it's Irene two dot com. You can follow us everywhere on social media at Diking Out on uh, Instagram and Twitter, and we we try to keep it fun and have different things on different platforms. So follow us on all of them. You can follow me personally at TGI Carolyn, and I'm at the Sarah York. And you can find us now on Himalaya, as we mentioned before. So check out that app; it's free to download, and then you can follow us at Diking Out there. Thanks for diking out this week, and we'll talk to you next week. All right, bye. Bye. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.